Welcome to Solo Sailing with Trev White, and today I'm just going to talk about Savu Savu in Fiji. It was the first point of entry for myself, Tintin, and Esther, who's crewing with me, when we arrived in Fiji. So we left Tonga and we sailed across to Fiji. It took us about four days because we were a little bit slow. We went around a storm, so we took a long 200 nautical mile detour. However, Savu Savu is a fantastic entry point and lots of yachts use it. There's the Ark Rally, which we encountered. Uh, that seemed like everybody's first point of entry into Fiji was Savu Savu. And it makes a lot of sense if you're coming from Tonga or you're coming from Samoa. It's a relatively straight run. If you come in high on the islands, you can get around a lot of the, uh, a lot of the sort of uh, dangers and um, and it's relatively straightforward, but I mean everybody needs to assess that at their own um, their own merits. A lot of the Ark Rally people are uh, trying to access the outer islands. They go in there first, and then they come across to Savu Savu. Uh, wasn't the case for um, general entry boats. You have to go into Savu Savu or another approved point of entry. But coming into Savu Savu in the daylight hours is dead easy. It's a reasonably large river, uh, has some markers, but during the daylight hours it's reasonably um, easy to navigate. There's lots of moorings. It is hundreds of moorings in this river and generally there's a lot of boats as well. As you uh, navigate into Savu Savu, you're coming through a, like an entrance. If you stay in the middle of the entrance it's, it's relatively easy. There is a ferry terminal just on the starboard as you're coming in. Uh, but you can get around the ferry if it's there without too many dramas. Just be careful if there's a ferry coming in or out. Um, you also see from time to time uh, barges and that being pushed up and down the river because they're still doing some work on one of the uh, marinas there, which is the um, Naui Marina. But the first marina you'll come into or come, come across is Watui Marina. It's on the, um, the starboard side. It's a little uh, boat shed, older looking building has a uh, jetty and there's a number of moorings. Uh, that's the first and then you go through a bit of a dog leg up a little bit further and then the next marina is called Copper Shed. And they're probably the most active on the radio trying to uh, get business. There's, they've probably got a hundred moorings in the river. Um, off to the left or off to your port is now in marina. So the others are all moorings and with some limited slips. Nowy is a proper marina with berths, uh, everything up to super yacht. So around the back uh, that you can't see on entry is small berths. On the front is all the super yachts and, and larger vessels. Then there's one more marina or mooring field right up the end of the river. Um, and that's through a bit of a maze. I wouldn't do that unless they're actually directing you to get up there. It tends to be sort of people leaving the boat for a longer period of time or they're trying to do haul-outs on some vessels. So that's what you find. The marina that I used was um, Watui, and uh, we, we came in, there was a few vacant berths. Uh, it just seemed easy, we picked up a mooring, and then we um, contacted them and uh, waited for them to come out and have a chat to us. They then organised the, um, the customs and immigration people, they let them know that we're there, and then they provide a lift out for those people to your vessel. So it's a pretty slick operation. It doesn't matter whether you use Copper Shed, 
or Nowi, they, they all provide the same service. They notify customs and then they bring the customs to your boat and take them back. Copper Shed charges a fee. I'm sure Nowi charges a fee. Watui wasn't charging a fee when I arrived, which was a pleasant surprise. And they're really nice people. The Watui, you know, moorings and a little marina office there. Super friendly. It's probably twice the price or even three times the price. Um, it's a lot quieter. There's only the uh, marina uh, boats and guests who come to the restaurant. Uh, there's no public access unless you go by, by the private dinghy or your own dinghy. And, you know, it's a really nice facility. It's, um, it's supposed to be cyclone rated. Um, that hasn't been tested yet, but it looks pretty robust and it's in behind an island. Um, so I guess time will tell. The other mooring fields do have some cyclone rated moorings, but that is very debatable. Uh, from talking to different locals. But anyway, the good thing is not to be there during a cyclone, if you can help it. If you're going to leave your boat, then um, you know, maybe you would leave it in a marina, tied up. But once we'd uh, we got in there and we'd um, tied up, and we cleared customs and done all that, I discussed in the last video, we just went and had a bit of a look around town. And Matui, uh, um, just near there, there's a supermarket, a couple of shops, the customs office, Across the road is a service station, which is really handy when you're uh, lugging fuel jugs. And um, this, the, the grocery store wasn't great, but it had all the, the basic essentials. Um, and then there was a little gourmet, uh, gourmet deli, and it also doubled as a wine shop. So they had a really good range, a bit more expensive, but um, they had things that other places wouldn't stock. Uh, in town, there's a number of supermarkets, so when you're provisioning, you just have to go from supermarket to supermarket and find what you personally like and what the supermarket has, shop around, and you can generally find most of the things that you want. Um, the other one was a, a little butcher. There's a little butcher tucked up behind the uh, customs office, um, and they sell frozen meat, frozen bacon, uh, a range of different small goods, and it was really well priced. Uh, it was comes from Tabiuni, which is a local island, and I found the meat to be excellent quality. Um, now, the next one I would think was probably the most important thing we wanted was phone cards. So um, there's Digicel and Vodafone in Fiji. Uh, I found Digicel to be easier to get, get hold of, and uh, it worked pretty much everywhere. So when you go, like you walk into town, basically you walk to the uh, foreshore, turn left, walk down past the copper shed, another 100 metres past there is a boat, uh, sorry, a boat, a bus terminal. Now at the back of that bus terminal is a Digicel office, at the front is a Vodafone office. The Vodafone office is also doing some sort of money transfer business. It's impossible to get in there and uh, you might wait an hour to get a, a SIM. The Digicel, we walked in there um, for 30 35 Fijian dollars, got 125 gig of data, uh, a phone card, they put it in, they made it work within about five minutes. It was a fantastic service, incredible value for money. I wish in Western countries we had that value for money when it came to data. And um, and that was, I think that was a month or 45 days. So it was a really good deal. And, um, and the ladies there couldn't be more helpful. Now, um, 
in that area there, there's also a market. So behind the bus terminal, sort of heading down the water towards the river, is the local fresh food markets. Uh, fish, frozen fish, uh, fresh foods, vegetables, uh, also um, carver. And they call it a different name, but it's basically carver, which when you're travelling around the islands, you're expected to bring a token amount of it and present it to the village chief, and that's where you can buy some in there as well. Reasonable quality, you know, it's not cheap, but I think it's a, a fair price. But the uh, fresh fruit and veg was incredible value. Um, very good quality in most cases, and a great place to provision. I mean, I spent 50 bucks to probably get you a week's worth of veggies, maybe even less than that. And it was, um, I never found any bad, bad veggies or fruit and veg in there. Um, the other ones generally people are chasing is um, Banks. So the Banks is a little bit further into town. Basically you just walk down past there, uh, following the main street, and you'll get to most of the Banks. They they all charge a fee for uh, international transfers, uh, although I was using a Wise card. And so I transfer money into that, and then I use that. And I found that to be really cheap, you know, for tra international transfers, being able to pull out 500 or 1,000 Fijian dollars, and it might cost you 10 bucks which wasn't too bad, whereas some people were paying you know, $25 or $30. I'll probably do a, yeah, an episode on um, yeah, money money and cards, you know, just things I've learned. The, um, we also looked at, uh, we needed a doctor at one stage and chemist, so near Watui Marina, there you go up a little side road heading up the hill, and there's a pretty good quality um medical facility for Westerners and, uh, you know, paying customers, essentially. Uh, you can get pretty much anything you need done there. It's not the hospital, but it's a it's a go-to place if you need sutures or you need, you know, something looked at, um, you know, different problems that people have. Uh, and then in town, there was at least three chemists. They're all pretty good quality, and we bought, stocked up on our medical supplies, and uh, they, they had most of the things we needed. They spoke perfect English. As, as a lot of people do in Fiji. The um, now cafes and bars are the other things that most people uh, are chasing when they arrive in port, so we were no different. The, uh, I think the first thing we did in the morning, we went down to Coppershed and there's a little cafe. It's a great little cafe, it's on the water, good food, reasonable price. Coppershed tends to be a bit more expensive um, in some places. But the food was um, good quality because it's catering to you know, Western tastes. They also have a restaurant at the front overlooking the water. Again, it's um, Thai and Indian, I think, but the food was really tasty. Never had a bad meal there. And then the bar has bar snacks, um, a range of different meals. And uh, you know, as a yachty, you, know, you get a, a visitor guest pass, essentially. And uh, you sit there on the, on the water talking shit with other boaties. And it's got a nice little beer garden. They also do a um, one one night during the week. They do a bit of a, a barbecue cook-up thing. So good space for kids. You know, it's just fenced. It's just very easy. And some boats tie up to the uh, the wharf there as well. They also had a dive shop and uh, um, uh, what was it? A chandlery for selling you know boat spares. But it's possibly the most expensive chandlery I've ever been in. So be warned if you need boat parts in that place. Um, in town, I also found it was it was pretty easy to get uh, 
most of the things are needed. Like there's auto parts store in town. There's also one opposite the Watui Marina up on the second floor of a like electrical supplies building. So if you look up, you might see a small sign saying, you know, automotive spares. I need some water pump issue uh, parts. He ordered some stuff in for me and um, yeah, I had, had no problems. I ordered a number of things in, he was super helpful, you know, chase, chase parts for me. And a few other boaties went in there and, you know, were getting parts that they needed for different engines. So that guy was yeah, good, good dude. Um, there's electrical supplies, plumbing supplies, hardware supplies. You just have to walk around town and uh, there's quite a bit of stuff. There's paint shops as well. So I found that the Subi Subi was a good place to go into to provision. And also uh, in town, there's a number of restaurants. The, um, there's a, you know, the Copper Shed, which I talked about. There's a restaurant opposite the Watui. It's a bit more of a basic um, locals restaurant. But the food was pretty tasty and dirt cheap. Uh, and then there's an upmarket restaurant um, in, in town. It's a bit, you know, it's a bit eclectic, but um, the food was pretty tasty. But it was quite expensive. So there's at least three or four decent food places and a couple of quirky ones, which you'll see. There's a number of bakeries. So I, you know, again for provisioning, it's a great place to provision. So yeah, you know, we stayed for uh, about three weeks you know went in there and um, provision did a bit of you know work fixing the boat waiting for um, Rianne to arrive the um the only thing i would say about the Savi Savi river is a there's a green uh, uh not bacteria it's a, a green grass or uh, it's like a seagrass on um algae might be algae might be the best term for it but I got that on the boat and I could not get rid of it. Um, once it was on, it was on and it, it grew. Typically it was on one side where I was getting a lot of the sun. But it is sticky as, and uh, also got quite a bit of growth in the um, in the river as well. So some people I knew anchored outside in the bay, like uh, probably about 10 metres of water. And then they just bring the dinghy in um, when they wanted. So... Where we were staying, it was about 15 20 bucks a day. A copper shed was around the same price for a mooring. And the uh, Nowy was probably, for about my size, $50 uh, a day. And the, yeah, the prices that most places were charging. Um, but yeah, there is the option to anchor outside and just zip in and out using fuel from your dinghy. And that way you're not getting the growth if you're going to hang around for a... a a week or two waiting for people to transfer in, transfer out, just chilling out. Um, and the main bay outside of the Sabu Sabu is reasonably protected in most winds. So it seemed that, yeah, it was a, it was a good place and the river was generally really well protected. I wouldn't 100% trust the moorings, um, but people do say they dived on, but yeah, I'm not too sure about that. Uh, in a big blow, you'd want to be uh, a little bit careful, I think. Um, so from there, we went out to, went, went diving, like it's, Sabah Sabah is a great area for diving and there's lots of resorts in the, around the area um, that cater to diving. Uh, most of the resorts in the area are very much catering to the Western budget, American Western budget. They're expensive as sin. Um, $500 a day would be the bottom end and upwards of, you know, several thousand dollars a day at, um, 
at a lot of these resorts. So they're catering to a you know a reasonably wealthy market demographic. Um, they have dive shops, so a lot of them will allow you to go to the dive shops and and dive with them. And in some places, it's the only way to dive the reefs because using your own yacht is not really suitable to dive on a lot of these locations. You need to have a, a tender boat with with man crew, um, unless you've got a, a big crew of people yourself and you can cater to that aspect, which we didn't. So we chose to go diving at Paradise Beach Dive Resort. So it's on Taviuni. It's about a day sail from Savisabu. So we went back out into the open ocean, headed over to Taviuni, and Paradise Beach is about 20, 30 miles away. We got in there. They've got about four or five decent moorings um, because it can get quite quite rough there. Uh, and to, to a, in some aspects, they, they ask you to leave because the moorings are not rated to like storm. And you get gets a decent swell coming in, really rough conditions. So, you know, boats uh, on one occasion when we were there had to get up and leave. We were in a mooring, which was really tucked in, so it was quite okay. But other boats are getting thrown around, so they just up and left. Um, and then there's probably an anchorage room for about 10 or 20 boats. But once you're outside the mooring field, it's in 10 metres of water and it's really hard coral bottom. Um, not the best anchoring, so you've really got to make sure you get a decent pick down and I would dive on your pick or at least swim on it to make sure it's it's in. The moorings themselves are pretty good. I still ended up diving on, on the mooring at Paradise Beach and taking some of my own stainless steel tie wire down and reinforcing the shackles because it's a pin in the shackles which can come out in some of these places. Uh, once once I'd done that, you know, I was very comfortable that the moorings were going to be um, bomb-proof. So the dive resort itself is a small dive resort. Uh, you'd almost call it boutique. It's, it's sort of the bottom end of the market demographic, but it's a fantastic spot to dive from. So it's just catering for... You know, people who are divers, and it also caters to yachties. So during COVID, they would have gone broke if there wasn't yachties around. And the yachties, they welcomed them in, they took them diving, and, you know, the yachties kept the restaurant and the locals uh, in in money, essentially. So the owner there, who's a strain couple, so their, their view is they're now supporting yachties and the dive clients. And it tends to work well. So when the divers are out, Diving, yachties are in using the kids are using the pool. They're spending money at the bar. They're buying lunch. Divers come back in, and you've got twice as many people. Or the, or a lot of yachties go back to the boat and they have an evening meal on their boat. So, the money's churning over. So it makes some really, you know, good economic sense. Plus, a lot of um, yachties want to go sailing. It's not sailing, sorry. They want to go diving. So they cater to um, taking yachties diving. And you want to go? They want to go diving on White Wall. So we went over on White Wall and um, several other dive locations. Now I couldn't have gone there in my yacht and anchored and um, gone diving. It's too exposed. There's nowhere to anchor, except some dodgy little mooring that's suitable for a twenty foot runabout. Um, it, it just wouldn't have felt very comfortable. You know, I would have been able to put around in the water, but I wouldn't have been able to go diving myself because I wouldn't have left my boat. And it's, it's sort of right on the edge of the open ocean there. These are 80-metre walls and spectacular, absolutely spectacular. I recommend going 
to Paradise Beach and going diving. Um, use their boats, use whatever facilities they've got, you know, refills, etc. Yeah, I stayed probably about a week at Paradise. And um, the other thing they've got there is there's a bus that goes into Taviuni Township. So you can do grocery shopping. You can just go and have a look around the island. And um, there's also a butcher not far from the resort. So if you go out the front gate, turn right and walk about a kilometre, there's a, a butcher there. It's only open certain days, but you can get fresh meat and it's um, quite good quality. There's also a little bakery in the resort. So you just walk to the uh, the main gate of the resort and they do uh, a number of baked goods. Generally, they're focusing on the local population, but it's still pretty uh, pretty good to get some fresh baked breads and uh, buns and things like that. But the food there is um, excellent. It's reasonably well priced. There's two menus. as a... Menu for dive clients, and then there's a menu for yachties and kids and so forth. So um, it's not ex- extensive, but it's just basic fare, which is pretty tasty and, and the right price. And the beer's cold. The views are good. So if you get the right weather, you could send, spend a week there diving reasonably uh, in a safe anchorage. And the, the, the di- most of the dive sites are probably 30 minutes to 40 minutes from the resort on reasonably good quality boats, they're quick, and um, the crews were were um, pretty professional. I found them uh, to be slick, efficient, and uh, I felt safe during the dive, so uh, I would recommend them to anybody. Um, and then from there, you just zip back into Savu Savu to uh, resupply. So I was sort of doing a week, week in, week out, go back into Savu Savu, um, Again, stayed at uh, Watui uh, Marina uh, on a mooring, and uh, and then just resupplied again. And from uh, from there, we went um, went off exploring just the local area. So yeah, Savu Savu is a good base, and you could probably spend a month bouncing in and out of around the local area, just exploring like um, Rainbow Reef, uh, Paradise Beach, you know, some of the other areas to the south. Um, we went down to Namina uh, Reef also. It's like a large diving area. And I'll cover that in another podcast because it almost needs a you know, 15 minutes just by itself to talk about the place. Um, interesting, but you know, it had many, many challenges. So, yeah, I think I'll wrap it up. Thank you for joining me and um, I hope it gives you a bit more of an insight into Sabu Sabu. I'll put some uh, information on a website with some um, maps, key points, key locations. And that way, um, if you listen to the podcast and you're trying to work out where the customs place is or the hospital or the banks, uh, the the market had me stumped for a couple of days. I was just uh, couldn't work out where people were pointing for the market. So I was walking around, but it turned out that it was just down the hill next to the river. And um, once I found it, it made so much sense. But, uh, yeah, that was just a small town with a reasonable range of facilities and... Um, I even had a uh, a boiler maker or a metal metal fab guy. I was trying to get a um, some anchoring gear uh, fixed. So yeah, it has a good range of equipment. But anyway, that will be enough for today. Uh, thanks for joining me.